0: Welcome to the Beyond High Performance podcast, featuring content and conversations from me, Jason Jaggard, along with our elite coaches at Novus Global, their high-performing clients, and the faculty at the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. On this podcast, you'll hear some of the world's best executive coaches and high-performing leaders, artists, and athletes discuss how they continue to go beyond high performance in their lives and businesses. You
1: just want to feel loved and have that community, creating a community. And we've talked about building a community here in Middlesbrough, and that's what I've tried to do and and that's what makes me the most happy is when I feel part of a community and and all that.
0: This episode is from our show, Your Finest Hour, a series of podcasts going behind the scenes with world-class leaders and their coaches on how to make the most of coaching and leadership in life. We created this podcast because coaching can be such a private experience. It's hard to know what it's like, who does it, and how they're doing it to guarantee results. So we're giving you a sneak peek into how the top leaders leverage coaches to go beyond high performance. In today's episode, I get to interview professional soccer player Zach Steffen, along with his performance coach and director of Novus Global Sport, Dan Leffelar. Zach is the goalkeeper for the EFL Championship Club, Middlesbrough, currently on loan from Manchester City. In this episode, we'll talk about how Zach came to decide that he wanted coaching, how he chose Dan, what to look for in a coach, some of his early learnings in working with Dan and what coaching is like when you're just getting started. We'll talk about the surprising way Zach chose to use Coaching with Dan that he thinks every athlete, and I would add leader, should try. How diving with Dan into the idea of commitment has changed his life, along with how he gives back through his nonprofit Voice Now, advocating for racial equality. This is one of my favorite conversations I've had in the show. I really love how Zach has been using Coaching with Dan to enhance his leadership, really both on and off the pitch. I hope you enjoy the show one call could change what you once thought was impossible into a reality. Novus Global is offering you an exploration call with one of their world-class coaches to explore what you as a leader and your team are capable of. Novus Global is an elite executive coaching firm that works with multi-billion dollar companies, professional athletes, nonprofit leaders, and faith in government, all to create teams, companies, and communities that go beyond high performance. Book your call right now. Just go to novis.global forward slash now. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are happy to have the one and only Zach Stefan on the call. Thanks for being on our show. Thanks for having me, man. And then of course we have Dan Leflar, the director of Novus Global Sport, and also the, the guy who gets to work with Zach in the coaching space. And so Dan, hello. Hello. Nice <laughs> to be here. <laughs> nice to see you guys. As we set a frame for this conversation, the show is called Your Finest Hour. And and really it's about going behind the scenes uh, a coaching relationship, and we were talking before the show started that coaching is such a, is is by design private, by design hidden, by design the thing that happens between the games. A lot of athletes have coaches, but no one really knows how that relationship works. And so we really created this show to go behind the scenes to help people learn how to leverage coaching and how to leverage the art of building developmental relationships with other people in a way that can not only help them on the field like you do, but also off the field and in their private lives. And so uh, with that being said, can you talk to me a little bit about what performance or even executive coaching looks like in football today? Is that normal for athletes like you to have mental performance coaches or executive coaches or is that unusual? Like, Give us the landscape there.
1: I would say it's unusual um mm. i know of a couple guys just through dan though that do coaching but i know that over here in in um in england at least like i've, I've mentioned it to a couple teammates they're all like oh what's that mm, yeah so I, I think it's pretty unusual and even for myself i'd I've always known about therapy um, and I've done therapy but I never like knew about life coaching and life coaches and performance coaching you know and all that stuff so but I'm I'm very grateful that that I have Dan and and that it's a part of my part of my journey in my life.
0: I'd love to hear your side of the story in terms of you know what was going on for you um bef- that led you to even thinking about hiring like a life coach or a performance coach or an executive coach and then the follow-up to that's going to be like, why Dan? And again, this isn't necessarily about featuring our work, but there are a lot of coaches out there. There's a lot of great opportunities for people to invest in themselves. So what was going on for you that made you start thinking, hey, maybe this would be helpful for me?
1: Yeah, so my... Uh, actually, my uncle and aunt, they both have work or they work in sim- a similar field as Dan. Um, mm-hmm. And I think my uncle, Rich, he, he was always talking about Dan and, and talking about... He knows that I was a... Uh, or that I'm a... High-level athlete, so he's very positive. He's very influential and, and tries to get the best out of people, and loves having deep conversations. And um, so he and I would always have these conversations about Dan and life coaching and. Probably a couple, maybe a year or two, and and I was like, okay, yeah, Um, it was just kind of laying the foundation, and then I was at Man City. First season was great. It was during COVID, and it it was tough times. And um, there was lockdown in England for six months, and um, I was I was alone, and it was tough. And then I was the second string. It was a first time I was ever second string on a team. And so I was just trying to soak in, in everything I got. I, I couldn't believe I was playing for Man City.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, training, training with the guys that I've been watching for years and years lift trophies hmm. while I'm on my, ho- uh, or on my couch at home like <laughs> snacking on chips.
0: <laughs>
1: but then it came to the second season and still number two, still getting games here and there. Um, I always have this like thing in me or this thing in my head that's this voice in my head that's telling me to that I want to be challenged and I want to keep growing and I want to keep developing, um, and getting better, um, on and off the field. And so finally Rich and I had a conversation and, and he introduced me to Dan and then Dan and I got on a call during a national team camp and I want to say it was November, October, or November. Yep. And, um, we just hit it off from there.
0: That's awesome. And, and so then Dan, I want to kick it to you. Same, same question, you know, how on your end,
2: how did it come to where Zach came on your radar? Thanks to Rich, Rich, if you're listening to this, I'm sure you are. So it, it's um, just a massive. He's such a great man, and uh, when he when he joined our team for the period of time he was with us, he. I think he quickly understood or began to see like the, the impact of the work that we do in the sports space with some, and if not the best athletes in the world, um, in the sports that they play. And, yeah. and, um, he kept, he kept bringing you up Zach to me. He was like, he was like pumping both our tires. I don't know if you say that in the UK or in America, but in Canada, we say that, um, like, you know, <laughs> building, building each other up, like, Oh, you got to meet Zach. Like, I think you guys would really get along, and I think I think you could really help them. And I was just waiting for the for the moment when Austin said connect. But I I or Rich um, Austin is his last name, um, mm-hmm. Mr. Austin. Um, and uh, one of the things that just jumped in my head as even you were talking, Zach, was when we met. It's always a bit of a um, like I and Jason knows this. I, like we I don't work with everybody I meet, and um, I'm always uh, looking for some particular traits that I think identify people as uh, ready to make um, some change and and commit to something new and, and grow in a particular way because it's a waste of time if you say you want to grow, but you don't. And Zach mm-hmm. Zach showed up and I could tell he was hungry. I could tell he was a bit tired too and um, ready for a new way to look at things. And I remember, I, it might've been a couple months in, Zach, um, maybe two months or three months where we, we kind of had a pretty intense conversation around like, do you actually... Like, What do you actually want? Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: no, I, when you just said like tired, um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I, re- I remember I look back now and it's like I've the conversations we've had about what, yeah, what do I actually want? I've always like thought of it, but I've never really sat down and, and thought of, and, and wrote stuff down or, or had the conversation out loud, um, with anybody, so that was really eye opening for me,
0: yeah, you know, and even so, a couple things here I want to unpack, and One is it's it's incredible to me how there are like different levels of knowing. So like I can carry around like in my intuition what I want, Mm -hmm. but until I'm talking about it to someone else, or like you said, writing it down, and even like creating a space where we'll get to this probably in a little bit, where by by talking about it now, there's an impetus to do something about it. Mm -hmm. It Those like it's a whole deeper level of like knowing and being present to something. Just to back up a little bit. What I love about Zach, your story is you found a coach through someone who loved you mm-hmm. and who you trusted. Mm-hmm. And I think that's... Uh, to those who are listening who are like thinking about coaching or thinking about getting a coach, one of the best ways you can do that is to find somebody who's had a positive experience with someone in a coaching space. And and doesn't mean you should hire them, but it, that's a good sign. If someone who cares about you is willing to share their network with you, that's a really good sign. Mm-hmm that person might be able to be a resource for you. Dan, go ahead.
2: It kind of came two ways too. So I uh so Rich Rich was, you know, family and and Zach, there's a lot of trust there. And then also Zach has a teammate that he's played with for a lot of years that I also uh work with and know. And so it was really neat to to get to know Zach um from both directions to to mm. hear about him as a teammate, as a somebody playing in the MLS before he moved over to Europe and and then also as a as a family member too. So that's that's what I think that's yeah, you'd speak in very much that way in terms of trust and and sharing that with others. So then Zach with Dan, how did you decide because
0: Dan's a high end investment, you know, and but thankfully there are coaches at different levels. But for you, you know, it's a high investment. And what was it that prompted you or helped you feel like it was a good decision to go ahead and put those resources into that relationship?
1: Yeah, all my eggs in one basket. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a great question. I think I was just at the point where I knew I was getting tested and training and getting games in, with City, um, and I was getting games with the national team as well. But I knew that I want to and need to and um get to the next level and and keep growing on the field because um, on the field is where I was, I was really trying to continue to improve because i at city when i was just sitting on the bench i feel like i was coming into like almost a complacent mindset. And Dan and I have talked about it. Um, yeah. I, I wasn't really happy going to training. The, the weather was tough. And especially when you're going to training, diving around and it's cold and wet and rainy and then you're not getting games at the very often, it's tough. Um, and that was the first time I've really dealt with that. So I needed... And I've done therapy here and there. And then um, Dan and I had a call. And, and luckily, he had an, an open slot. It really just showed me that. This is something that I can grow on and off the field and, and really in every area of my life. My faith, my charity voice now, uh, my relationships. I can also dig into my trauma um, in the past um, so that I can, I can heal and, and forgive and, and move forward and grow and, and love the right way.
2: I was going to say the one thing about Zach that people probably should know, and I think this is true of the best in the world, um, is they, they build teams around them of people and Zach's like I'm not Zach's only support system uh like Zach's commitment to not only family connections but other professionals for his body for his mind um to continue to invest in him like that's something Zach's done very very well and very intentionally and I think it's one of the reasons why we'll get into the story of what's happening this season with Middlesbrough but it's one of the reasons why I think Zach Decided, like you know, deciding who do you want, who do I want in my corner uh, for this part of my career and this part of my life, and there was an, a pretty clear vision that Zach wanted to achieve, that he was sort of flirting with, but not really admitting he wanted truly, and mm-hmm. um, that's that's kind of where it all started. Well, and
0: actually, that's so that's tantalizing. I want to come back to that in a second. Both of you are smiling. If people are listening to the to, to tantalizing,
1: this. what a word! <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: um, but before that, I, I do want to build off of what Dan just said. So Zach, is that where did you learn how to do that because we've got a book coming out, and one of the chapters is on team and how important it is for people to build teams. We talk about how a lot of people um have teams that they work for, but they don't have a lot of teams that work on them and so is that innate in you? Did you learn that from somebody like where did that come from for you? I think it might
1: be I think it's learned and innate I think it's um. Obviously, I I believe everything in life happens for a reason and your experiences shape who you are. Um, And so I think just growing through traveling at a a young age when I was 13, traveling um, for weeks at a time with the national team and then leaving home and school and having to grow up earlier and and seeing different cultures, seeing the world and and meeting a lot of different people and seeing a lot of people who I like and seeing a lot of people who I don't like and don't really want to... Uh, wouldn't really want to have around. I think kind of has just shaped my mind and and my psyche to bring around people like myself, like minded, and and just like good people because that's that's really who I want around
0: me. Yeah, um, yeah. Is that normal too with athletes in terms of that that, that skill set, or is that is there a, is that a cultural thing? I'm
2: curious <laughs> your answer because I have an answer, and I wonder if it's the same.
1: Yeah. It's tough. I mean, so but sometimes you see athletes with who have. A bad circle around them and they're they're not great guys and and um yeah they either use them or they're just not good people so i think it goes both ways i think as an athlete you and especially when you're a really well-known athlete or high-performing athlete you it's sometimes lonely so you mm. i mean i've had it i've i've invited some people into my life that I normally wouldn't have been around, but I was lonely and and maybe even sad. And so um, you bring you just want to feel loved and, and have that community. Um, but like Dan said, I think it's all about... And Dan and I have talked about this on, on some calls about um, creating a community um, around me because I'm, I'm the oldest of five. And uh, so I have that kind of... Uh, Father like feeling, or yeah, Zach's a leader, that's, that's what he's trying to say leader. there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we've talked about building a community here in Middlesbrough, and, mm-hmm. and that's what I've tried to do, and, and that's what makes me the most happy is when I feel part of a community and, and, and all that.
2: I was gonna add to that, so uh, because I was having this conversation actually with uh, one of the best in the world at what he does in his sport, uh, yesterday, and he brought it up actually, like this whole we're just talking about community and dynamics and people that kind of around. He's like, Yeah, like. He said, "Sometimes I feel like uh, I, I can tell when guys are white glove, white glove treating me that way, and like with mm-hmm. white gloves, like they're not being honest. They're saying what I want to hear. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, and and I think the the more successful people become, the easier it is to have a community that isn't really telling you the truth, mm-hmm. um, or you know, not sitting you down and and being and, and being straight. And I think um, it can create a level of like distrust, and not paranoia, but sometimes you can just get a sense of like, I don't really know if this person." Telling me what they think, or they're you know they're just sycophants. So
1: anyway, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, no, that is tough. And even I have some friends, and and my friends are I think are really good people, and and yeah. I want them to be honest with me, and and like even like with how I'm playing or something, um, <laughs> and be like, oh yeah, you played well. I'm like, dude, come on, give it to me straight. I was terrible that game. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um,
2: that was horrible. <laughs> so,
1: but that's like that's what relationships should be honest and open, and that's what that's what makes you grow, and that's what makes you better.
0: I wasn't expecting the conversation to go this way, but I would really like to drill into this. With with one one is, I think when most people think about athletes hiring coaches, it almost all of it has to do with their play on the field or on the uh, on the ice or on the court or wherever. You instantly, when you talked about Dan, you talked about how you brought him into your whole life, not just one domain of your life, and. The question I want to ask, was specifically around building community, it sounds like you two—that was like an intentional strategy. I would love to talk about the arc of that because my guess is most high performers deal with some kind of loneliness for a mm-hmm. variety of reasons. Uh, it's, you know, it's, you hear phrases like "it's lonely at the top," and, and mm-hmm. to your, to, to yours and Dan's points, the more successful you are the more incentivized people are to like draft off of you or maybe use you, it becomes more of a parasitic relationship versus a
2: collaborative relationship. Well, and and I've just seen a lot of different different versions of this. I've seen guys who are very insular or athletes who are very insular and um, really do believe they need to have that sort of rugged individualism and I don't, I, you know, t- to, admit that I actually, I'm, I'm thinking about a, another goalie in another sport who, when we met, he wasn't, he, he had been conditioned by his coaching st- the coach that he worked with, uh, like the, the on ice, uh, coach in hockey that he worked with, um, to not need any, like that weakness is, uh, <laughs> a scene if you need anyone's help around yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so his, he was, he was literally destroying his body. When he could have been having support, when he could have been getting treatment. And this is a world class athlete making millions and millions of dollars a year. And the psych, the psyche that he had was like, I can't, I cannot ask for help. So it was even a miracle that I talked to him because you know, mm-hmm. when we when we met, he I was like, Well, who told you this story? And and he kind of unfurled it a bit, and then you began to see how much resource is actually out there and it it transformed his body the way he played his his mental attitude and then there's guys like Zach who i think um because he's a leader and because he's from a family that's tight and like there's this understanding that relationships really matter and um but even then uh it you know it's it's hard to talk about uh, how you're lonely, or when a performance isn't going well, especially when you're a high level athlete, because usually people are like, "Well, what do you have to complain about? Like your life's mm-hmm. amazing, right?" <laughs> and and um, it, people tend to judge that. Like you're, you know, if you're if you're successful at any level, you're not allowed to. Have certain ex- emotional experiences because you know you should be thankful for what you have, and and there's a some truth in that uh, as well. It's not like a, but it, but at the same time, I've just noticed that humans are humans. Like they they get lonely regardless, or they get they get down, they get discouraged. And I think the more successful you are, the higher you are on the mountain, the less people you you tend to find around you. So. Um, what I've been really cognizant of is, are they aware of the power of intentionally creating community around them? Like, do they understand the performance hack that that can be? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of athletes don't. They don't see it as a performance
0: enhancing drug that's legal. My guess is most of them see it as a performance detriment because it's yes. time, it's energy, it's you know, it's messy, relationships are messy. Mm-hmm. And Zach, I see you nodding your head. I would love to ha- have you comment on, you know, what Dan's been talking about.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think number one, yeah, I think even in the Bible, who Jesus talks and God talks about uh community and, and creating a family. So I think community if you're if you're happy off the field you're gonna be playing you're gonna be playing really well and, and freely and peacefully on the field yeah you can play at your best and you can get paid and then you can uh, you can continue to grow and, and all that um, and so I think there's a yeah there's a lot of guys who like you said Jason who think that building a community is draining and it takes time and and I mean to be fair I mean there's a lot of selfish people in the world and there's a lot of selfish people Professionals in the world, but it's also that selfishness could also maybe come from like ignorance because they just don't know. Um, yeah, like you said, how good um, and how strong and, and addictive having community can be for you um, in terms of talent and playing and 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 just being happy in life.
0: Yeah, well, you know, and, and not to to make this about me at all, but Dan, you know, Dan and I have been friends for a really long time. And we've gone up through ups and downs together. And we're, we're colleagues, of course, we work together, but we're friends. And Zach, I don't know if you ever feel this way. But you know, after a long day, I'm tired and and I'm kind of introverted. And I don't really want to talk to anyone. And I think the solution for me is alone time. But then, you know, Dan and I may talk for a half hour or usually it usually turns into a longer conversation <laughs> and what would what I think would usually make me feel drained afterwards because it's like people time and it's like investing and I'm listening to him talk about his life and you know that kind of thing uh, both of us not surprisingly get off the phone and it's like it's like energizing and life-giving and Dan I, I love what you said like it is like community is a high performance hack Hi, my name
2: is Mike Park and I'm a proud graduate of the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. The faculty of the Meta Performance Institute not only provided the training, tools, and experience to learn how to coach people toward powerful growth and thrilling results, but also advocated for that kind of growth and results in my own life. I had the unique opportunity to have world-class executive coaches invest in my development both professionally and personally.
0: It's a privilege to be part of a tribe of coaches fiercely committed to exploring what we are capable of together. If you're looking to become a coach or to set up your coaching practice to reach the next level, I highly recommend the certification from the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. To fill out a free assessment of your abilities as a coach and to connect with someone to find out if the Meta Performance Institute is for you, check out www.mp.institute. Okay, so Zach, what was that process? like? T- talk to us about how you and Dan worked together to intentionally create community once you were on the other side of the pond, once you're in a new world, a new team. How did that work?
1: Yeah, so we really focused on it um, in the summer, in the beginning of summer last last year. I came back from city. Uh, my mental health wasn't wasn't great, and I was pretty low at the time. And and I think. Playing has a big part of that. Playing for me just gives me a lot of joy and, and happiness. Mm-hmm. We kind of changed up. We had a vision. We or we have multiple visions to play for 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 soccer, for, for football. We had a vision and we kind of amended that a little bit. Um mm-hmm. and I was gonna go, I was gonna see if I can go out alone, play some games, especially with the World Cup coming up in, in in the fall. And so we changed the vision a little bit and, and we kinda of dug deep and kind of talked about my mental health, what was going mm-hmm. on uh, over in England. And, and at that time I was home with my family and and family time for me is really, is really big. Really being home is is really nice and, and, Mm. um, and important for me. And and we found out that I need a sense of community to, or a community around me to, to feel happy, um, and to feel like life is worth it and, and all that. So, um, that's when we really focused on, okay, how, okay. Once Middlesbrough, came about and all that stuff and the loan documents are signed and everything. We're like, okay, how are we going to build a community over here in Middlesbrough? Um, And that's what we really focused on for the
0: next couple of months. That's awesome. So Dan, from your perspective, what was that like?
2: Uh, It was great. I, I remember, yeah, I remember Zach coming off the, I would say, disappointing second season in terms of just... Like, you know, Zach's one of the best keepers on the planet. I would argue he is the best keeper on the planet. He's becoming that guy for sure. Um yeah, yeah. you're seeing it evidenced right now. But but um uh yeah, like coming, coming back home, not feeling great about the game, not feeling great just in general, um, getting refreshed by his family and and the light bulb starting to go off a little bit in terms of okay, like we're seeing difference here and and then going and then and then the loan coming through. And then it was a fun conversation with Zach of of what kind of community he wanted to create and then who who he would need to be to create that community. And it and it reminded I remember this, Zach. I don't know if you do, but I remember remember you describing some of your previous like teams and some of the dynamics on those teams mm-hmm. in North America. And and then we started exploring the the question of like imagining what if we could create some of that in the UK with this great team in Middlesbrough and, and, um, uh, and you did that. Like it, there was intentional commitments that Zach made over a okay. period of time to really build rich relationships to, and that's what a lot of teams and professional sport are honestly missing. Um, you know, it's you're kind of a gun for hire and you don't know how long you're going to be with an organization. And sometimes because of that guys, they don't lean into it. They lean back because they, they don't want to feel you know disappointed when they leave or if they get transferred or traded.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: um, we talked about the opposite um no idea how long zach will be in millsboro maybe a long time maybe a short amount of time but um this idea of like what does it look like for him to go all in in the way he shows up as a person not just as a player and so that was the that was the first few months
1: yeah you saying that and now looking back uh on the season i mean obviously there's ups and downs and, and and all that that's life that's football for sure i mean that's exactly what has been created. Uh, I'm on a team that's one of the, cl- if not the closest team I've ever been on um, or part of. Columbus is, is second second to that. We were very close and uh, close-knit and, and that was an amazing environment to just go to work at, in every day. Here in Middlesbrough, it's, a, it's, the, it's the exact same, um, besides when the weather is terribly rainy <laughs> and cold and um, yeah, the field's frozen. <laughs>
2: I'm in Canada, so don't talk to me about Frozen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: but you chose that. You chose yeah, that. I didn't. I really
0: didn't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, it just goes to show like brotherhood and, and at least for, I think for sports, like, and just life when you're open and honest and you're vulnerable and you work hard and you focus on the details and you guys are all bought in wanting to grow. Sky's the limit. That's mm-hmm. what we feel with Middlesbrough this year.
0: Yeah. When the results are there. We'll, we'll, I'm excited to get to that. Before we do, I just want to pause for our listeners because there's some... Zach's dropping some fantastic terminology and some tools. I want to make sure that everyone knows what we're talking about. So when Zach mentioned the word vision, and him getting clear on a vision for what you're up to, and, and Dan would agree that anytime we're doing any kind of coaching, or any, most coaches are like this, anytime there's any kind of coaching conversation, it really is slowing down to get a picture of some kind of desirable future that would really light you up, that would be very exciting, that would be worth you know maybe a little bit of suffering for, a little bit of sacrifice for, worth paying some costs to create. And it sounds like when you went home, you had that light bulb moment of, oh, wow, this feels amazing. What's the denominator? is the denominator. And so you and Dan work together to get crystal clear in that vision. The way coaching works is then you have these sessions and over time, you're making these commitments to begin intentionally creating a community. And because I think most people, and I'm really glad we're talking about this, Zach, I think most people think that community just happens. You know, that mm-hmm. that even on sport, you know, like, it's like, it's just, you can't, it's alchemy, just magic, it's magic. Uh, and I think most people don't realize, there's probably an element of that, but most people don't realize just how much you can engineer mm-hmm. amazing, life-giving, vibrant mm-hmm. community. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you and Dan. I want you to be thinking about this too, Zach. When you were just digging the trenches, because I'm sure it didn't happen overnight. What were some of those early conversations with Dan and early commitments you made to begin creating community?
1: Because I have a couple friends are, around England in London and Manchester, making sure that they come to games and they get up to to visit me, or I go um, visit them and just kind of stay mobile. Like I'm, like you, Jay, said, I'm a little, I'm not introvert, but an extrovert as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I can get in ruts where. I just watch Netflix and, and yes. just sit on the couch and just don't want to talk to anybody. and, and But I know that's not good for me. Um, and so uh, at times, of course, there's times you can do that. And, and that's totally. nice to kind of just get away from everything. Um, but just to kind of switch things up, hop on a train, be spontaneous, hop on a train, go see a friend or have people up. Um, just have people around me because um, I like my alone time. But I also like I I get very energized when I have people or um family come to my games. That was one. Uh another was when I went into the team and met all the players and staff and that was to to just be myself and actually um open up and be vulnerable and joke around and, and create um intentionally create good relationships with them um, trustworthy relationships with them and knowing that I want to come in and work and or letting them know that I w- was going to come in and work and it might not be perfect but um, I'm going to push them and they're going and I hope that they push me and then I want them to push me because like like you guys said when you're a lone player it's very easy to just to come in and kind of hide behind the uh, yeah hide behind the door hide behind the shadow or whatever and yeah. and just kind of work hard but knowing that you're probably not going to be here next season or or whatever um your goal is not to be here next season maybe um mm. but if you buy in then um we we all three of us know that when you put in the work um God gives you back way more than you think
2: there's like two two separate lanes that Zach just outlined there and I think it's important to distinguish them uh and then there's one point that's really important to hit too which is like there's the personal People who treat me like a human being and I don't work with them, Lane, <laughs> um, and surrounding myself with, you know, one or two or three good friends, like people who are loyal, people who are honest, people who are, you know, there, and then there's the, then there's the impact you want to have in the relationship you want to have with your team. And Zach's vision, unlike a lot of players who show up to new teams, um, a lot of players who show up to new teams are, they come in, maybe some guys come in really good you know, confident and maybe even arrogant. Like, I don't, I, I don't need these guys. I mean, you know, and so it sw- swings that way or it swings the other way where it's, they come in and they're trepidatious and they're like holding back and they're like trying to feel it out.
1: The second was how I came into Man, Man City. Um, and I was kind of like scared to be myself. And mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I was holding back. And so then we, Dan and I talked about this and, and we are like, okay, we're not gonna do this anymore.
2: Hmm. and the impression that you make and uh, we say this in our work all the time Jason or, and, and and Zach's heard me say this before like you teach people how to treat you hmm. and when you show up into especially if you're an athlete listening to this right now and you show up to a new team the way you show up right at re- the beginning sets a tone usually mm-hmm. um, and if you if you create a narrative around you there's a I'm thinking of another player that everyone knows from the podcast Andrew Ladd showed up to a team and was grumpy you know if he was grumpy and angry and they, you know it, they guys think he's an <laughs> um, and and he's not but it's interesting how much we can get misread especially because of the the emotions coming into a, a new team organization and and Zach made a really strong commitment like that's not going to happen here I'm I'm going to show up uh, with the fullness of who I am with my what my my playful you know joking and ribbing guys but also like the seriousness that I take my job and the work that I do and it's been cool to see that creates such an amazing connection with this club and with the, the staff and with the team.
0: And even it sounds like there's such a culture of uh, of development you know, and growth. I, Zach, I do like... I like listening to you talk in terms of your passion to grow, even at the beginning when I asked you, you know, why coaching? And you're like, well, because I like to grow and I like to challenge. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it is interesting, even just listening to you, the way you talk about your teammates or even the way you talk about your coach. You know, I was watching an interview that I think just came out a few days ago. And she asked you about Coach Carrick, and you were like, you know, he wants to grow as a coach, and he wants to help us grow as players. And I really loved that dynamic. I loved everyone here on the team wants to get better. No one thinks they've arrived. Is that been your experience? And how much are you benefiting from co-creating that culture with with the coach?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think people who don't want to grow, or people who are kind of arrogant and say, "Okay, we we're good." we're good here. Um, <laughs> they're going to be in like the middle of the table. Um, and teams who, and people and players and coaches who want to continue to get better and grow and test the limits, you'll see them at the top. And that's where we are. That's one of the first things I, I don't even know what to call him. We call him Gaffer over here. I like to call him boss, but guess I'll go Gaffer. Uh, Gaffer, whose character, said to us when he first came in, it was like, I, I'd want you guys to have fun. Um, but I, but we're going to work hard and, and we're going to grow. And, um, I see the potential on you guys and I believe in you guys, but you guys got to believe it in yourself. And, and, and he just brought the positivity and, and I'm very big on culture, um, and team culture and team bonding and all that stuff. Um, because that'll shine on the field in, in the hard moments and the tough moments. Um, and so he, he, um, the guys were were already really great. We just were very negative, and it really we had a lot of self doubt. A couple game, a lot of games, and and goals didn't go our way and stuff. So um, it, it was a tough start. Um, but then he brought in positivity and belief, and and um, and just um, that team culture, and, and we've just ran with it. And it's been it's been amazing to be a part of.
0: Yeah, and the next question is going to be about kind of this exciting journey that your team is having and the season's having. And and that's why you lit up, you two lit up earlier. Before we go there, both you and Dan have mentioned like when a a player comes to a team and Dan, I really appreciate you speaking directly to players as they're coming on teams for the first time. I wanted to ask both of you, do players show up with the bravado? Is that because they're actually egocentric narcissists or (laughs) is it because they've been taught that's what what you're supposed to be? Because I'm thinking if I'm an athlete and I'm listening to this, and I'm I'm on a team. One is do I know that I'm coming across that way? Do do I care if I'm coming across that way? And I'm a, am I aware of the cost of showing up uh, with a bravado or if am I even using the right words? Like what do you guys think? for myself
1: at least and doing coaching with Dan and, and we've really we've talked about vulnerability and, and being open and honest which allows you to be yourself and, and in these calls we we make different commitments because you guys are huge on commitments um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't say it like that no, that's true.
1: <laughs> no, no it's amazing um, no because Dan and I we've talked about like commitments are like for me have been like prison but it's mm-hmm. actually freedom um, and by doing little commitments each day you build trust with yourself trust with others and and then your confidence is, is really high and uh i think that's allowed me to become the person my actual self around my family and friends and then like in the locker room with the guys which has allowed me to build amazing relationships with them and and when i'm letting in a goal on friday um Mm-hmm. and we're winning three nothing and we let it in goal two minutes before half i come in the locker room and i freak out but they all know that i'm coming from a place of love and knowledge that we can do better and that i mm-hmm. want us to do better and we and we need to do better
2: so and my cross section is a little different than zach um but he's played on lots of teams with really good players and players yeah. just trying to make it i've noticed because i'm thinking of a couple different athletes that we know that are like they're at the very top and they're different from each other, uh, a few of these different guys that I'm thinking about, where, you know, I've, we, we work with one player who I know is extremely aware of not wanting to rustle feathers or make somebody feel uncomfortable, even though he's probably the biggest guy in that room. And then I've worked with, we've worked with other players who are the equivalent of that and they have a they have a bit of a disconnect they don't they're not even aware necessarily of their impact so i i think sometimes you'll get players coming into new teams ultimately all the player really wants is to establish themselves and you know do well yeah. and depending on the skill set they have of knowing how to manage their anxious energy around that it mm-hmm. can come out as vibrato like you know big man on campus um, sort of energy and if they have the talent to back that up, I think that's different. Because if they have the talent to back it up then guys are like, whoa, you know, it's like it's like the the character on, we were talking about Ted Lasso before the the show, because that's like, you know, in America at least, it's like the biggest soccer show everyone's watching. <laughs> uh, uh, it's nice to see MLS on Apple Plus now. It's this character in the new season, Zaba, and he's just like, you know, he's going to save the team because he's so good at the game, right? And so when you've got the, the skill, the vibrato makes sense. When you don't have the skill or the talent, that's when the wires get crossed. And you definitely have like players show up and and it's probably because there's insecurity there uh, in both ends of the spectrum. But um, it can really ruin um, team chemistry, team dynamics. Sometimes a little bit of that is good for a team, but I actually think guys don't really feel like sacrificing themselves and playing for each other when they think somebody thinks they're superior to the rest of the group.
0: The wait is finally over. Our new book, Beyond High Performance, What Great Coaches Know About How the Best Get Better is available for purchase wherever books are sold. This number one Amazon best-selling book is more than 250 pages of expertise, anecdotes and insights from Novus Global coaches, as well as faculty from the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. We are so excited to put our proprietary framework that has helped thousands of leaders achieve more into your hands. And we can't wait to see how you'll use the book to enhance your life and leadership. To learn more and obtain this essential resource for yourself, visit novus.global/book. Love that. Well, and I think you like this one of my favorite quotes is, With God's help, I shall become myself. Mm-hmm. And it's like this idea that there's this extraordinary potential that's buried inside of me. There's a partnership, a divine partnership that helps you explore the best version of yourself. Like imagine if everyone who showed up on a team was motivated, inspired and committed to owning their part and creating like the best possible community for however long it lasts. Like how great would that be? That would be insane competition would be through the roof. Through the roof. Like it would elevate play in a way. It it would
2: create an explosion of talent. Yeah. And fun. And psychological health. We worked with a franchise in the NHL at the beginning of the year. And that's the vision that was painted. And I'd say the first half of the year, they lived in that. And their record showed it. Like you could just see... They were having fun. They were, you know, There's always issues and stuff, but anyway.
1: For sure. I, I think every every team should do this, like, like coaching, because you guys do it with businesses, obviously. But I think if teams were to do some calls and stuff and to be vulnerable and open and honest, because and, everybody has different goals and wants and desires and everything. Um, but at the end of the day, you want to win. Everybody wants to win and, yeah, yeah. and be <laughs> and, and play. So if you could figure out how to get there open and honestly and have conversations...
0: I did want to see, Zach, how you responded to this. And because you are a leader, and you know, I don't think it's a surprise. You're the firstborn of five kids, and that does something to a person early on developmentally. So you've got this innate stuff that you're extracting from yourself. And as you think about professional sport and the MLS and, and global football, my instinct is always to be like, man, imagine if Zach led a movement across all of football to like inspire a generation of athletes to intentionally show up and, and create compelling community, on the one hand that'd be great for the sport, but maybe bad for the team because you, you you know it's like a secret sauce, right? Like you want to protect your secret sauce. So like how do you deal with leadership in a global way when the object of the game is for your team to win? First of all,
1: I want everybody to win. I think I get that from, from God and having faith. And yeah, at the end of the day, yeah, it's, uh, it's sport and, and it's competition and everything. But I believe everybody should kind of have the the tools and the possibilities and, and opportunity to be happy and be loved and be successful, even if that is like giving away the secret sauce. That just makes competition harder and which might get more eyes on it and whatever. But uh, yeah, I mean, that is a tough question. But I'm I'm very much a a person who, like, if I'm doing well, I want my circle and my community around me to feel that. Like, I want to celebrate with them rather than just cel- celebrating myself. Um, yeah. And so, I want to give show them the love and and the rewards and all that. And
0: and I I sense that too in you, like this th- this generous spirit that elevates all of play. I think Sun Tzu or somebody said, "I want my enemy to be their best so that I can bring out my best." Yeah. Yeah. I've heard some
1: sayings around that. And I've like, of course, you want easy games so you can win them all and whatever, but then you don't grow. Um, So deep down, you really do want the tougher games because I mean, I I always play better when it's when there's more pressure. I like that challenge and try to uh, stand up to my fears. Because
0: I do think that sport is not desiring to really explore that level of innovative play. And I think you're a great example of what it means to show up to not only play but to create community and the, and the competitive advantage that that brings.
2: Can I say something too? Because I think I, I want to the, the voice that's shoving in my head is the person listening to this who's thinking like, well, that's all like you know, uh-huh. it's nice to feel good and have like a really you know nice relationships, but I, I you know I want to win. There is a there is an internal cynicism around some of these conversations, and I think there's a real lack of connection between Zach is a great example. It's like when he has a stronger relationship. With his teammates, his teammates can say things to him that's going to help him improve that they wouldn't say to him if they didn't have a strong relationship. That's really good. I see that happen all the time in teams where you've got players, they're not playing well or they're making a mistake or, or chronic mistake, and nobody's saying anything and nobody's helping them. Mm-hmm. And they're they might not even be aware of that gap. They might be frustrated, don't even know why they're frustrated. And when you've got a community, when you build a strong community of honesty, of vulnerability in terms of like, hey, I want to get better where am I not getting, where am I not performing well? Mm. It enhances performance dramatically. Zach oh, no. is a better keeper this year because he's communicating more with his coaches, more with his players. And I think sometimes that gets lost in what is teamed as like a soft leadership skill. It's not. It's hard. And it's statistically measurable. And you can see it in the season that Middlesbrough is having. And, and in sports, there's like, we just need to get the right coach to you know communicate. But no, that that's what's actually really happening. They create a, a community of desire for growth that outpaces a community that desires to self-protect, and those two things are very different. So, Zach, you mentioned commitment
0: a few minutes ago, and at the time, you kind of rolled your eyes and made a joke about it. But I would like to hear what that work has looked like with you and Dan, because honoring your word and commitment is so important to the coaching work. And did you have a moment where you when you didn't do what you say you're going to do, and instead of Dan just like letting it go, he brought it up.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's what's so beautiful about having a coach and having somebody that wants to push you and wants you to grow and and wants to have a relationship where you both grow. He becomes a better coach. He always says he loves when I don't live up to my commitments because then we can talk about it and then whenever there's failure, there's growth. Yeah, that's right. So we we I mean commitments are can be anything you want. We have a call and then during that call we'll figure out what we or before that call I'll figure out what it is that I want to focus on, whether it's football, Voice Now, my charity, um, relationships, whatever. And then as that call goes on and as you talk about what you want and, and how to get there and taking baby steps to to getting there and to reaching one goal, which will in turn lead to another goal, your next step. The commitments are the steps. For example, in terms of for myself for soccer, taking care of my body, making sure I do the gym, make sure making sure that I'm eating well, sleeping well, icing my knee and, and getting getting massages and, and stretching and foam rolling and making sure that I do all that. That's a commitment that we have. And so now it's just part of my routine and, and it's amazing and it's kept me healthy throughout this year. But just like little things like that. And then as you do them and you check them off, it, it just builds trust, trust within Dan and I, but it also within yourself, and you you gain a lot of confidence. Um, and and everybody wants confidence because that's when you play the best, and, and you feel good, and you're enjoying life, and you're happy, and and you feel strong. Yeah, I laughed. When I said commitment, because commitments are prison, or they were, it was prison to me because of how I was raised and, and stuff that happened in the past. I've always shied away from commitments, but Dan's enlightened me that commitments are freedom. And I'm starting to like commitments a little bit
2: now. <laughs> you said this a little earlier in our conversation, Zach. And I, it was fun hearing you say it because it's like, oh, yeah, he, it's in him. And a lot of people we work with, especially in sport, they want to be more confident. They don't realize that the through line is through integrity and commitment. They don't realize that, you know, when you are keeping your word, when you say you're going to do something and you do it, you build that trust with yourself. Often when guys aren't confident, it's because they don't trust themselves because they're not doing what they said they were going to do, Mm -hmm. whether it's in their sport, but or in their life. And Mm -hmm. sometimes they seem disconnected. I remember one guy was talking about, you know, I want to be consistent. And I asked him, well, are you consistent in your life? And he's like and he started thinking about he's like, well, no, I'm not. (laughs) Like he, you know, it's like, well, what if what if that's a muscle that shows up everywhere? What if that's not just like I want to be consistent in my sport? It's like, no, no, what does it mean to be a be a consistent human being? And that integrity and commitment leads to that trust and leads to that feeling and that experience of confidence. And I don't think a lot of guys connect those things.
0: Well, I also like Zach how you talked about how the commitments become eventually habits. And so it's arduous and and hard and and daring and painful at first. But then, like Dan said, it gets inside of you. And it's just another example of you investing in yourself. Now, last question. At the beginning, we talked about we really wanted to feature the way that people who are at the top of their game, like you, Zach, invest in themselves and, and really at the curtain of how coaching works and that people watching this or listening to this could be inspired to find their own way of developing the habits of vision or developing the habits of commitment, those types of things. We also want to talk about the way that you have invested in others, not only on the pitch, but also with your nonprofit. And you mentioned it a couple times in this conversation with VoiceNow. And I would love just as our audience is getting to know you, and as people are watching this to know that investment isn't just about you, or even your team it's about people who may you may never meet and who may never be able to say thank you so i'd love to hear you talk a little bit about the work you're doing in partnership with boys and girls club and and how maybe even how that investment in others is impacting you
1: I have charity voice now, and it was created, founded with my with a really good friend, Alex Granali, who he and I played at University of Maryland together, and we met there, and then played in Columbus, Ohio for the Columbus Crew for a little bit. And I was in Germany at the time, and it was we founded it after the death of George Floyd. And I was raised uh, by my mom and, and my family to to treat others how you want to be treated, and if you're in a position to to help others, lend a helping hand, then uh you should do it and i believe god i mean the bible is all it's all about that is is saving the world and, and um saving people's lives and changing people's lives so and i've been very fortunate and blessed through hard work and and adversity and determination and and a little bit of luck here and there to be in a position to help others and to influence other people and motivate young lives so when we first founded voice now it was more protest going on even in the midst of covid we saw thousands millions of people get together um all around the world just to protest what's going on is is not right and shouldn't be happening and, um And uh, I I went to one with my sister in Dusseldorf at the time. I was playing on loan and the whole city was shut down. Nothing was happening. She and I went out to this protest and you see thousands and thousands of people just marching with all different types of signs for something that happened in America. So that was really powerful. And Alex and I, we decided that um, through my journey i've met so many good people and athletes who who felt the same way and so we had a bunch of calls with different athletes and who all want to speak up speak out against the racism and the police brutality and 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 so we have a big community of athletes who just want to fight for a better world um and so we joined up with the boys and girls club of america and they have schools all around the the country in america and in some school like in some cities, they have multiple schools. Um, I was thinking, like, how amazing it would be for a professional athlete to come into my community when I was five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. And,
1: and how much motivation and to be like them um, would be, and so that's. That's what we do. Is we, we we try to get athletes into those into those schools, the Boys and Girls Club schools, and give them a time, give them the kids some time for an hour or so, where they can just talk and about their lives and and meet and play games. And we do different types of fundraisers to just raise money for those schools. So it's really just about giving back, and and, and really to the underprivileged kids and families um, all over America.
0: Yeah. Well, and even then, I love even from unspeakable tragedy, you've chosen to create community that could do something good. Mm-hmm. I love that you co-founded it with your friend. The theme of community is just permeates everything you do, and and now you're having a little bit of a fairy tale season. You know, you've got a little Ted Lasso season, being in the Championship League and competing for that opportunity. And I think by the time this podcast comes out, we'll know uh, what's happening for the next year for for you and the team. Uh, as a parting thought, anything you want to say to us, uh, knowing that people are going to watch this after history plays out. No,
1: man. I mean, this was just an incredible space to uh, talk about all different types of things and growth and and never in my life thought that I would do some type of life coaching or performance coaching. And and I always knew deep down or in my head that I wanted to keep going, reach for bigger and better goals each year and each season and and all this stuff. But I never really took the time to, to sit down, talk to somebody about it or sit down and write notes or dreams or goals and you know, figure out steps on how to get there and, and kind of manifest all that stuff. So for me, life coaching has really changed my life. And I'm I'm really grateful for Dan. And it's nice to meet you, Jason, and to have this space to communicate and, and hopefully motivate or influence some other athletes or people to, uh, to grow and, and help reach their goals and dreams.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Zach. Dan, anything? I'll give you the last word. Coach of the year.
2: yeah well it's it's um it's a real privilege to serve zach and he embodies a lot of the qualities that uh the more the more athletes embrace um Building teams around them, community—the more they embrace being wrong, being willing to to push for things—means uh, they can weather the highs and lows. And and Zach has had both, even in this past year. And uh, it's a real privilege, Zach, to spend time with you. And I don't think it's funny. I I get uncomfortable with the term life coach because I it feels like there's a lot of responsibility there. <laughs> 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 but it is there. There's um you're building a life that few um have the courage to build but people deeply desire and the courage is lived out in the commitments that you've made and the visions that you've created Um, so anyone listening to this my guess is you're probably you have things in you that ache uh, for more and for good and be inspired by Zach's story because he's he's up to that and he's going to continue to be up to that
0: yeah absolutely and thank thank you Zach thank you Dan for both of your time both of you are really busy guys and uh, Zach we believe in you man and uh, we'll, we'll see you in the Premier League oh yeah appreciate you bro All right, we have a few more things to let you know about before you go. First, podcast reviews really help us serve more people. So if this podcast is helpful for you, we'd love your help to get it into as many leaders' hands as possible. Please leave us a review, even if it's not five stars. And if you really want to go the extra mile, let us know what you'd like to hear about more of or what you think we could do better to serve you and the people that you care about. Speaking of resources, we have a lot online and they're all free. We have free assessments, educational videos, articles from sources like Fast Company, written by our coaches and clients, all designed to help you use our tools in your everyday life and leadership. To dive into the free treasure trove of goodies we have for you, go to novus.global and then click on resources. Some of you have been listening for a while and you haven't yet taken that next step to hire a coach. This is your time. I can't tell you how often I've heard from clients of ours around the world that they wish they would have talked to us sooner. So if you have a sense that you're capable of more, we would be thrilled to explore what coaching could do for you and those you influence. Simply email us at begin at novus.global or click the link in the show notes. You might also be listening into this thinking you want to be a coach. Or maybe you already are a coach and you have a vision to build a six- or seven-figure coaching practice coaching people you love in a way that brings life to you and your clients. Well, that's why we created the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. It is an in-depth coaching apprenticeship designed to help you create the coaching practice of your dreams. The first step in exploring that is simple. Just go to www.mp.institute. That's M-P as in Meta Performance. Institute. And we have free assessments to help you see what kind of training you need to create your coaching practice the way our coaches do at Novus Global. And finally, and for some of you, this will be the most important part. This podcast was produced by Rainbow Creative with Matthew Jones as senior producer, Stephen Selnick as producer, and editors and audio engineers, Drew McPowell and Jeremy Davidson. We love working with this team. To find out more about how to create a podcast for you and your business, check them out at rainbowcreative.co. Thank you so much for listening. We love making these for you. And remember, dare to go beyond high performance.